Hey everybody, welcome back to Explain Like I'm 5, the podcast where we take the questions you always wanted to ask and talk about them in a way that's easy to understand. We are your hosts, I'm Tim. Hey everyone, it's Kevin. So Kevin, today we're talking about Mount Everest. Mount Everest, well, what's there to explain? Uh, everyone knows it's the highest mountain on Earth, right? Even a five-year-old? Well, yes, but how did people in the past begin to accurately measure the height of a mountain like Everest? That's the question I want to start with. That is a really good question, Tim. You know, with great difficulty over actually a greater part of a century. (laughs) Uh, Way long ago, there was something called the Great Trigonometrical Survey of India. And it started all the way in 1802 from the ocean. uh, And, you know, 100 feet at a time, took measurements and did a bunch of math and worked all the way across the subcontinent to the Himalayas, finally completing in 1871. Wow. It was a really great scientific achievement led during some of its most important years by George Everest, uh, who received a knighthood for all his efforts. So tell us about this technique then. Yeah, the basic technique is fairly simple. You know, you start with two sticks at sea level, a decent distance apart, and measure your exact longitude and latitude. Uh, Then you put a third stick some distance away and inland, making a triangle. So based on the distance between the first two sticks and the angles they form with the third stick, you can kind of compute uh, the third stick's exact position and elevation. And once all that is done, you repeat, planting a stick further inland and drawing a new triangle. Uh, so the Great Survey did this with better instruments and better technique and a greater scale than had ever been done before. And we should post a link to the Wikipedia entry for the Great Trigonometrical Survey. It was really an amazing piece of work and a- a great achievement for humankind. Yeah, well, definitely. We'll have it uh, in the show notes below. So here's an interesting fact. Everyone acknowledges that Mount Everest is the tallest mountain on Earth. But in fact, the summit of an Ecuadorian volcano called Chimborazo is actually the furthest land point from the Earth's center. So how is that? Oh, wow. Well, uh, Chimborazo lies just one degree south of the equator. Uh, and the, actually, the Earth bulges slightly at the equator. You know, in other words, the Earth is actually not a perfect sphere. Uh, and because of the bulge, the summit of a peak lying along the equator would actually be farther from the center of the Earth than the summit of an equally high peak at a higher latitude. It knows the difference between the relative measurements, the center of the Earth versus sea level, right? I see. Now, when there was an earthquake a couple of years ago, people said that Mount Everest had moved by 1.2 inches or something along those lines. How did they measure that? Yeah, yeah. I think they for that, they used GPS measurements, actually. Okay, so we know Everest is the highest. But why is it that K2 and Annapurna are considered more difficult mountains to climb than Everest? They've got higher death rates, etc., etc. Totally. So K2, uh, actually the the naming comes from the fact that it's the second highest mountain. And Annapurna is the eighth highest mountain on Earth. Uh, And I believe K2 is only actually a couple hundred meters shorter than Mount Everest. But in technical terms of the skill required to climb, Everest isn't very difficult. Uh, If it wasn't for the altitude, it would actually be a pretty easy climb. Uh, The fact that it has a death rate of about 4.4% and most people on it shouldn't be climbing are actually very good odds. Uh, but there are routes up Everest that make it much more difficult, of course, right? Like less frequently climbed routes and or, or routes that are only able to be climbed by actual elite climbers, uh, such as the West Face. So the two main routes 
used uh, the south column route, which is the main one, and the northeast ridge. And the south column route gets the overcrowding you might have read about recently uh, because it is actually less technical. Uh, I think in 2010, 513 folks submitted it and only four people died, all on the northeast ridge. Uh, and there, anyway, as a total, there are about 16 other routes up the mountain that have been climbed only a handful of times, and some routes that people haven't successfully climbed yet. So it's an easy mountain if you stick to the two main routes. But as for K2 and Annapurna, they're still quite, quite in the death zone, uh, as all 14 mountains above 8,000 meters, uh, but in technical terms, they are all more difficult, especially K2. Uh, K2 gets far worse weather. It gets its name for being one of the two most prominent points when it was looked at from a different mountain in that in the mountain range. Uh, it has never been successfully climbed in the winter, whereas Everest and even Annapurna have. Uh, and Annapurna especially is plagued with avalanches. Uh, they're so frequent that in order to climb it, you can't wait for safe uh, hazard and instead just have to hope for the best that you aren't in the path of one when they do come down. Uh, there's no such thing as safe weather conditions over there. Uh, these are mountains climbed by elite climbers, you know, no Sherpas, no fixed rope, and the death rate is still in like the 30 to 40% range. Wow. So back to Everest, who was the first person to climb Mount Everest? Oh, that person goes by the name of Tenzing Norgay and Sir Edmund Hillary in 1953. Uh, Hillary was a New Zealander and Tenzing Norgay was his Sherpa. But there's also a theory that they might not have been the first, right? That's also right. So in 1924, a guy by the name of George Mallory may have been the first person to reach the summit of Everest. He was last seen 800 feet from the summit, but never returned. Uh, he carried a picture of his wife with him that he said he would leave at the summit, which he did not have when his body was found 75 years later. Interesting. Who was the first woman to summit Everest? The first woman went by the name of Junko Tabe who was the first woman to reach the summit of Mount Everest. Uh, this was in 1975. She was also the first woman to ascend all of the seven summits by climbing the highest peak on every continent. Uh, she died uh, aged 77, only a few years ago. And But last year, Google celebrated what would have been her 80th birthday with her, her own Google Doodle. So for anyone who's inspired by women like Yonko Tabe, uh, or anyone who has a daughter who's inspired by extraordinary women, uh, now's a good time to talk about this week's sponsor, uh, which is a podcast that you will want to listen to. Yes, the Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls podcast is an expansion of its actually its best-selling book, which tells hundreds of bedtime stories about the lives of extraordinary women from the past and the present. You know, designed to close the confidence gap in young girls, these stories explore the talent and results of incredible women across every possible field. Uh, astronauts, chefs, trombonists, judges, scientists, tennis players, from Jane Goodall to Michelle Obama to Simone Biles. And they've just launched season three, which coincidentally begins with an episode about none other than Yonko Tabe. That's right. So to inspire whoever is the rebel girl in your life, uh, go and find Good Night Stories for Rebel Girls on your favorite podcast player. Yes, go check it out. It'll be an amazing compliment to today's ELI 5 episode on Mount Everest. So, Good Night Stories by Rebel Girls, the podcast. Did you learn something new today? If you did, send us a tweet or send us an email. Uh, we'd love to hear from you if you have suggestions on future episodes. Thank you, as always, to the wonderful community at r slash explain like I'm five on Reddit. 
we will see you all next week.